Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 190, the franchise quarterback who replaced the franchise quarterback who replaced the franchise quarterback of Sodes. That one comes to us via a comment on a Titans Instagram post uh, replying to our comment uh, from Neal 93 on Instagram. Shout out to Neal. We appreciate you, my man. Uh, he said, I am unreasonably excited for how over the top your pod's going to be this week. Now, look, we can take this one of two ways. We can be reasonable adults and uh, set the expectations as to where they should be set coming off of that week eight win over the Falcons and going into a very quick week nine game against the Steelers. Or we can just freak out and lose our absolute minds. Uh, stay tuned to find out what we do coming up next. Uh, and we are, of course, also joined by our guy, Drew Bennett, wide receiver for your Tennessee Titans, a legend, a guy who should be. I don't know. I look, I don't I don't know have his numbers off the top of my head, but he should be in the Titans ring of honor just for how great he was and how much fun he was to watch on the field. Um, he is the man and he, we always have so much fun with him when he comes on this podcast. And, uh, and then of course, you know, we're going to talk Levis. We're going to talk, uh, the upcoming Steelers game, which is very quickly approaching us and, uh, trade deadline trade deadline is going to go down while we are recording. Uh, so hopefully nothing happens. Um, or if it does happen, it's the Titans buying. What? Am I crazy? Maybe. Uh, we'll find out coming up next. But before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues because Will Levis and that performance just keeps you up at night because yeah. of how or much... The trade, or the trade deadline. Yes, because of how much you now love Will Levis then Relax the Back is the place for you. They've got a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting up all day at work, typing away on our computers, writing on our desks, whatever it may be. They've got the fix for all of your neck and back issues. They've also got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses and the latest in sleep technology to maximize your sleep every night and make sure you're waking up and feeling great every single day. So go check them out. They're located in Nashville at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over in that shopping center next to Hillsborough High School. Um, if you're not able to get there in person and you don't live in Middle Tennessee, do not worry about it. You can check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. I know we're still a ways away from Christmas, but birthdays, anything, Relax the Back is a perfect place to go shopping to get a loved one or a family member 
something that will help them and improve their quality of life. So go check them out. But when you do go check them out, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. Yeah, we are a ways away from Christmas, but uh, for responsible people, this is about the time when they start shopping. So yeah, start thinking about relaxing the bag for your uh, for a Christmas gift for a loved one who's got a terrible back like Jack. That rhymed. And you know what else rhymes? With that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train is coming. It's rolling around the bay. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 1st, 2023, and those who win in November get remembered. And I'm not sure if any of you saw my tweets, uh, but this past weekend, I got the chance to welcome a beautiful new child into the world, uh, arguably the happiest day of my life. Um, their tears were shed. Love was felt. It was really an indescribable feeling to feel just for the first time that we have a quarterback. That's right. I'm talking about <laughs> Will Levis. Uh, welcome our beautiful new baby boy into this world. Why? What would you, what'd you think I was talking about? Do you think I was talking about the fact that I gave birth to my second daughter this weekend? Yeah, maybe. But congratulations, first and foremost, to you and to Will Levis. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so he's beautiful. Comes in weighing uh uh <laughs> comes comes in weighing a a uh, a beautiful uh six feet tall, six three, I believe. Um he is it would be nice if I had it handy. He is a, a beautiful 229 pounds, six foot four, uh very healthy mama and uh or myself and him are very healthy. Well, Mama uh, Amy Adam Strunk also healthy, also very healthy. Yeah, um, probably a little hungover from partying with Kelsey Ballerini in the box. Uh, Saw that very cool over the weekend. But yeah, no, no. Look, all right, let's be real, okay? Because we are nothing if not real on this podcast. We can take this one of two ways, and I think we're going to take it the way that a lot of people don't want us to, you know, we can be reasonable and sound adults about this and set expectations at the right place in terms of this rookie quarterback who made his debut on Sunday. You know, we can point out the fact that the sample size isn't very, very big. Four quarters is, doesn't really tell you much about a player, at least long-term. Um, it's, it's frankly, it's not enough. Um, and, you know, now given that was the first game that he had been made active as a Tennessee Titan, there's still a lot of football left to be played. Teams will have tape on Will Levis. We'll know how to defend him, how to defend uh, his throws, all of that. Or we could just sit here and say the Titans have their franchise quarterback, baby. And his name is Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Jun no, wait. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's William Donovan Levis. Let's go. I Jack feel alive. 
Every question the Titans have had for the past decade plus has been answered because the franchise quarterback has been found. The most important position in sports. Uh, you can check that off the list because the Titans are set for the next 10 years at least. All this tank talk has seemingly dissolved from the internet, right? Because yeah. what would you want to tank to get a top 10 pick so you could draft the future of your franchise? Well, folks, well, you might, already, you might have already done that in the second round of the 2023 draft because yeah. Will Levis looks like a guy who's going to be around for a long time. It's only one game. And just because you aced your first test as a freshman in high school doesn't mean you're going to Harvard. But that's great. That's a great point. You're certainly on pace, right? Get some extracurriculars in there. Look, maybe some AP classes. You're going to have an AP test against the Steelers defense this week. You're on track. You can't go undefeated as a starter without winning that first game. And you can't get into Harvard without getting that first day. You know? Exactly right. And this is the Titans offense that so many of us have been wanting to see. Obviously, they're trying to transition into a new period kind of revamp this team, reinvent the identity of the offense before you move into that new stadium. And explosiveness is a big part of that. Like we've, we've, we're used to seeing Derrick Henry bulldoze people. He had a fantastic game, by the way, and nobody's going to talk about it. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, over hundred yards rushing. As as we come to you right now, we are an hour and seven minutes uh, away from the trade deadline. I swear Titans. Don't you touch him. Don't you touch him. You leave him where he is. You leave him in place. Okay. And and there's no way that they do because now like the light has been, the light is flickering. It's been turned back on. Like there's a chance that this team makes a playoff push. Are, now, are the Titans you, back? What are you going to do are, when Tannehill's healthy? Uh, it feels like Vrabel's going to roll back with Tannehill, but Will Levis can make that decision a lot tougher by going out and beating Pittsburgh on the road on a short week this week. Yeah. Yeah. And, We'll we'll get to that later on in the episode, the Steelers game that's coming up. But I want to talk about what Levis did on Sunday because the Titans' offense were. I mean, I'd never seen so many deep shots in a single game. Forty-seven Jack. yard touchdown to D Hop, sixteen yeah. yard touchdown to D Hop, sixty-one yard touchdown to D Hop. Sing it! The best throw of the entire weekend, thirty-three yard touchdown across his body. The best touch pass I've seen in quite some time lands in the arms of our beautiful NWI. And I we mean, got a Billy like, White Shoes Johnson with Billy yes. White Shoes Johnson being recognized at the game. Uh, that was like that was it was poetic, Jack. And I on that throw specifically, which to me was his most impressive throw of the entire day. It was I I was like all, kind of almost like cringing a little bit. I was screaming like, no, what are you doing? Throwing off your back foot with a blitz in your face. What are you doing? What are you doing? And he throws the most beautiful ball ever. And that's just that just goes to show you like the arm strength that he has. And like he is young, he is youthful, he's energetic. He's like getting that brand new puppy. And he's gonna show a lot of playful energy. And the fact that like he can make those throws because he has not well, one, he hasn't played multiple games behind this offensive line yet, but also like because like he's just like He's confident but carefree, and I feel like you need a little bit of that. Um, I think, you know, when you've got it, it feels a lot like Ryan Tannehill's first start against the Chargers just like three years ago, where it's like, oh, we have a quarterback now, and this is this is what it looks like to throw the ball downfield. This is what it looks like to take shots and to hit guys that are open. And 
I think, you know, obviously Tannehill, I think he's regressed a little bit over the last few years because of, you know, injuries, because of an offensive line that is just letting guys go through and uh, destroy the quarterback. And and also just uh, different play callers. I think it's been a combination of all of that. Here comes Will Levis walking in being like, I haven't been exposed to any of that yet, and I'm just going to go out and let the ball fly. And he did, and it was beautiful. Yeah, Will Levis, 19 of 29, 238 yards, four touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 130.5. And Austin, oh my gosh, the Titans left a lot of meat on that bone because, you know, Chig had a big time drop that would have led to at least a field goal at the end of the first half. Yeah. Traylon Burks missed a, a big play by the by, by a toe length on the sideline. I really hope that he'll get going soon. It looks like him and Levis have a rapport, but no catches from Traylon Burks, even though he did come very close to making two big-time catches. Chris Moore had a big play that was wiped out due to another damn illegal formation penalty. When will those stop? But Will Levis really had a better day than his numbers reflect, and that is saying yeah. a whole lot. It's it's just hard not to be excited about this team. And, you know, usually when a backup quarterback comes in, they want to play it safe and dink and dunk and right, not make right, that one right. big mistake to hold on to the job for another week. Well, he spread it out. Five different players caught at least three balls. He didn't He didn't have his little safety net. Like DeAndre Hopkins, for as big of a game as he had, I think he only finished with four catches. It's just everything in this offense click. Tim Kelly, I mean, you can draw up a great game and call a great game like Tim Kelly did on Sunday, but Tim Kelly ain't making those throws. Yeah. Those throws, we haven't, we haven't seen a quarterback make those kind of throws in, you know, maybe since 2020. Yeah. So it was very well, refreshing. And I think one of the biggest gripes about the Titans offense for the last three years was the uh, Titans wide receivers inability to get separation from defenders. And that's one of the reasons why it's so frustrating, like watching a chiefs game versus watching a Titans game, because it seems like there's not a defender within five yards of every chiefs wide receiver, but with the Titans, you can't get a guy open. I, and I don't know if that's, that's play calling, if that's scheme, whatever it may be, the Titans just, they, they're one of the worst teams in the league according to analytics of separation from defenders. You saw a little bit of that on Sunday based off of the trust that Will Levis was putting in his receivers. Like they, they, there were a few throws that, yeah, maybe DeAndre Hopkins didn't look open necessarily, but if you just put it out there, DeAndre Hopkins is a good enough wide receiver. He's such a vet to where he will go up and get that ball. And he, he kind of talked about that a little bit after the game. DeAndre was like, I just love the fact that, you know, he was trusting me to go and make plays. And that's what, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, look, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play. But Jack, I wanted to ask you, like, what what was the thing that stuck out to you the most about Will Levis's performance? Because for me, I think it was the it, it was three things. It was uh, one, the arm two, the consistency and three, the confidence. I think those three things combined to be like it was very refreshing to see, especially for a guy making his first career start, because keep in mind, we saw a quarterback make his first career start just last, last year in Malik Willis. And granted it's two totally different quarterbacks. I'm not going to compare the two because it's apples and oranges in my opinion, but it was refreshing to see, Oh, an offense can work with a, you know, going up against everything I've said uh, leading up to last Sunday, but an offense can work with a guy that is, has an arm, is consistent and is confident. And those are the three that pointed out to uh, that stuck out to me, I guess. Yeah. Just to kind of touch on your point before I get into my answer, he was throwing guys open. Like you were kind of alluding to. Yeah. 
if you can't get separation, then your quarterback really has to help and give you some space to run after the catch. We haven't seen a whole lot of yak yards from anybody other than Derrick Henry. Right, right. And it was yak galore on Sunday because Levis we, they were yakking the all over the place. They were yakking everywhere. And, you know, you, you bring in D-Hop. The first touchdown I was really impressed by because it was D-Hop in single coverage. And, you know, he wasn't necessarily open at the time. But he just trusted D-Hop in a one-on-one situation down the field to make plays as he's done his whole career. And D-Hop goes and rewards you. Now, maybe there was some contact. I'm not going to cry over it like James Lofton was. By the way, James Lofton in the booth is a sin. He is a sin. But anyways, what I was impressed by was the poise and command he had of the offense. Like the throws were awesome, obviously, but diving a little bit deeper, peeling a layer off that onion. He looked very in control. Like you saw him a couple of times, check things at the line of scrimmage, check into a different play and it would work. You saw him, you know, after adversity strikes, after you score that big strike touchdown, the Falcons go down and have a big play of their own and they answer. Well, how are you going to get off the mat? Well, we'll Levis let him down the field for another score. And, you know, it was with Malik, it was kind of, he would try and run, but his runs weren't really calculated. They were improv runs and they were trying to do a little too much, a little dancing like Levis, his runs were efficient. He knew when to take off. He knew when to pick up those extra yards with his legs. I thought he did a great job there. And then we've seen Titans quarterbacks get sacked all season long. Levis took two sacks on Sunday. One of them, he, he could have thrown away had it not been late in the game. But he he took that sack. It was a smart sack to take because it made Arthur Smith spend that third and final timeout in the fourth quarter near the two-minute warning. So not getting sacked, making the offensive line look better than they probably would have otherwise by getting the ball out on time, making quick throws, taking shots down the field, not afraid to make a mistake, although he came close in the fourth quarter trying to throw one ball away with pressure in his face. But I'm not going to fault him for that. It It was so far above my expectations that I don't know how to kind of go into this Steelers game with him. Yeah. I, let me, let me take a little helium out of the balloon. Let me, let me bring us down to earth just a little bit. Okay. Cause for as good as he was, okay. 19 of 29, four touchdowns, 238 yards, passer rating of 130.5. He's not going to do that every week. He's going to make the rookie mistake. He's going to have the three interception games. Okay. Like you have to know that comes with the territory and you know, like everyone loved to just crap on Ryan Tannehill after bad weeks. Those bad weeks are going to come for Will Levis. Like we you know take it. The bad, you take the bad with the good though. If this is the other side of the coin, I, like I, I'm, I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to kind of, you know, trust him through his mistakes, which we, like you said, will definitely come. He's a rookie quarterback. Right. The Titans are going to play some good defenses down the stretch. And and you know, he may not be in he may not be the starting quarterback down the stretch, but these next few weeks he's got a he's got a real shot to to kind of prove and and by the way, a lot of people are kind of discounting this performance because it came against the Falcons. The Falcons defense is very respectable. Oh, the the Falcons defense, they have the 10th best passing defense in the league. They have was, the, the yes. third best overall defense in the league. They have, they I were, believe, the eighth best scoring defense in the league. Like that is, it's not a, that's not a, I, cause that was my first move was, okay, yeah, but it's the Falcons. They're what, they're three and five now, or they're four and four. Like, 
it, it, you know, so what he beat the Falcons. I was like, how good can this Falcons team be? Then I looked it up and I was like, oh, damn it. Oh, damn it. And that just made me get even more giddy um, because like I wanted to be reasonable about this, uh, but it made it hard to do so based off of him doing that against that defense and the Steelers defense on Thursday, they have the 18th best passing defense. So even worse than the Falcons and they'll and be Minka without Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick they'll be without Minka. Too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The Falcons secondary. I mean, it has AJ Terrell, a pro bowler, Jesse Bates, a pro bowler, Jeff Akuda, former first uh, top five pick. Like that's a tough secondary to throw on. And like you said, it has been all year and the Falcons in the red zone, are the fifth best red zone defense in the NFL heading into this game. Now Levis decided to skip all that, right. And score. Yeah, I was going to say that's look, that's the way to cure the red zone blues that the Titans have had, or the red zone two-tone blues, I guess I should call them. Uh, because uh, if you just score from outside of the 20, then you don't have to worry about your red zone offense. And, and kind of die like going off script a little here, but I thought it was such an impressive response because early in the game, when Arthur Smith called that John U. Smith pass to Michael Pruitt in the end zone as kind of a going for the jugular early in the game. I know that Vrabel didn't like that. And I know that this Titans team knew exactly what Art was doing. And they come out and give you a big time response from a rookie quarterback. Look, it's uh, it's harder to prepare for a guy who has no game tape. So it's yeah. going to be tough on defenses, you know, early in Levis's little career here to prepare for him because he doesn't have, there's no tendencies that are documented, right? So you don't yeah. know what you want him to do, what mistakes he makes here. Because first of all, he didn't make any mistakes against the Falcons. So there, right. there's not going to be a situation where the Steelers are like, oh, okay, you know what? I saw he did something wrong here. Let's see how he does it when we bring this pressure or we yeah. use this type of coverage. There were no mistakes to really go off of. So, and in a short week, especially, it's even tougher to prepare for teams, even tougher to pre- prepare for new quarterbacks. And I, I like Steelers-Titans games historically have been low scoring. And I expect this one to be low scoring as well. But I just saw so much out of Levis that I would be surprised if this if the Titans didn't beat the Steelers on the yeah. road in Thursday. And I never thought I would have been saying that for the over the past few weeks. Let me let me do something real quick. I um I, I think it's only fitting and it's only fair, honestly, if we're gonna be a hundred percent honest and transparent. Um, I do need to eat some crow. Um before, before you I do, do. that. Before I do that, um, I want Ryan, if you are one of those fans that is parading around, uh, like kind of dancing on the Ryan Tannehill grave, if you will, my question is why? Uh, I saw a lot of, not a lot, there were a few few Titans fans out there uh, online being like, you know, where, where are all the Ryan Tannehill lovers at now? Uh, and, and to that, I, I, I look, I, I don't usually reply to just random Titans fans accounts that I don't follow, but that one came across my like for you feed. And, um, and I, 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 I just replied to it. I was like, you do know that Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis literally play for the same team, right? Like you're allowed to like both. You can love them both. So like, if you're one of those people, first of all, you're a douchebag <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, if you're, if you are a, a Malik Willis lover and you're hating on Will Levis, or if, Which there if, are you're, if you're a Will Levis hater and you're dancing on the grave of Malik Willis, you're a douchebag. Like if you are actively rooting against or like for, in spite of someone else wearing two tone blue, 
Why? All right. Like there's already enough fans in the NFL that we hate Jacksonville fans, Colts fans, Texans fans, uh, Ravens fans, Steelers Chiefs fans, fans, Ravens fans, Steelers Bills fans, fans. Like, literally every other fan. Base I hate everyone. Hate. We don't need to hate ourselves. Okay. Like I, that to me is, I just don't understand that corner. And, and then even on, uh, on Monday, what was it? And I, I, this, I feel like got, uh, really blown out of proportion. The video of, uh, the video of Will running up the tunnel back into the locker room after the game and getting stopped by Vrabel and people being like, see, Vrabel doesn't love Will Levis. You know, he's got, he's, he's, you know, he's winning in spite of his head coach hating him. And like people just jumping to conclusions because, oh, yeah. the, the video that the Titans put out of the locker room speech didn't mention Will Levis. And that means Coach Vrabel didn't say anything about Will Levis's first start. Uh, blah, 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 blah. No, get out of here. Like, can we just for once in our lives, coming off of a great win on Sunday, a very promising and hopeful-filled win, can we just not have drama? <laughs> can we just like find can we just go drama free for like a week? Can can our drama amongst Titans fans, can it just take a bye week? Just I, we can resume it in week 10. Okay. But for week nine, can we just have a drama-free week is that possible i watch no. something's gonna happen thursday night it's not and like i mean just yesterday we saw on monday we saw tic tac titans subtweeting the goat jim wyatt oh that and, was, oh my gosh and jim wyatt absolutely ate that ate that man's lunch but like why do we have to do this after a win you know why do we have to why does there have to always be a villain there doesn't have to yeah, be a villain there doesn't week. have to be a villain there doesn't okay there doesn't now i said i need to eat some crow all right and I will let me preface this by saying I will camp out front to be first in line at Hattie B's like a like it's a damn Star Wars movie, tent and all. In fact, I'll, I may be wearing Hattie B's cosplay. If you're going to Hattie B's, you're going to the wrong place, anyways. The real Nashvillians know. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Uh, Prince's Hot Chicken. There okay? we go. Camp out in front of. Prince's hot chicken, right? <laughs> and I'm wearing, I'm wearing cosplay. I'm camped out, tent and all. It's like a Star Wars premiere. I am the first in line to eat crow, and I am happy to be there. All right, now Nashville hot crow. <laughs> I have always stated, I have always stated since draft night that I don't hate Will Levis. I am not an anti-Will Levis guy. I was anti the Titans drafting Will Levis. I didn't think it was needed. I, I felt like, you know, like that it was a waste of a draft pick when you needed, you had other needs there. Okay. I said that I had that take and I stood by that take. I, you know, uh, time will tell if I stand by that take, I may go back to that take. I'm putting it on the shelf for now. I'm putting it well, high. Let's hope and we like, don't, we don't, let's not speak. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go. Look, I want to put that. I'm putting it on the top shelf of my pantry. Okay. To where it's like, I have to get a step stool out to get it again. I don't want to see that take ever again, but I'm not throwing it away. I'm just putting it up there just for a rainy day. Okay. Mm. Or, or a, a, a game like when the Titans lose like four games in a row. And I'm, but I thought you just said you were going to be patient. I'm look, I'm not, look, I'm, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient. Look, that take is away. Okay. I I did not want the Titans drafting Will Levis because I felt like they needed they had other needs they needed to address and they had just done the exact same thing a year prior and that that experiment kind of failed spectacularly in a way. 
However, look, Rand Carthon has proven he is a new GM. He, so far, I'm going to say this, a better eye for talent. Okay. The, all of his free agent signings have really paid dividends for this this draft class is looking special too. The, The draft class is looking good. Will Levis in his first start basically won the Titans the game. All right. With a valiant effort from the defense and everything, but like you know, like Will Levis, he did win it. He he won the game. He won the game for Will, the Titans. So, if I need to eat crow for being anti the Titans drafting Will Levis, nom 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 nom. That's what I have to say. <laughs> nom 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 nom. I'll eat it fried. I'll eat it. I'll eat it crispy. I'll uh, I'll eat it grilled. It doesn't matter. I will eat that crow and I will eat it with a smile on my face. Okay. Because that is, I, I, I'm okay to be wrong and I'm, I'm glad to be wrong. I want to be wrong. And I'm hoping that I will continue to be wrong. The more I'm hoping that take will age like freaking milk, <laughs> you know, like it'll, it'll age like, uh, just something so gross and it'll, it'll get clumpy and, and nasty. But, uh, I do feel like I owe that to the toppers. I'm not going to sit out here and like, Praise Will Levis and not act like I bashed the draft pick for the last, you know, eight weeks. Yeah. I'm going to do that. And look, and I think, I think they they did the right choice. And in the Titans fan base, it's, everyone's so, it takes things so personal. You know, it's when Levis was drafted in front of Hinden Hooker, a Tennessee Vols quarterback, that a lot of Vols fans who also share fandom with the Titans, they wanted him here. There was a big uprising. Nobody wanted to be Team Levis. Nobody wanted to support Levis because he sucked well, yeah. in college one year. Yeah, we we want the Titans to pander to the tight to the Vols fan base. Yeah, and, and Levis spit in the face of those guys. But I I, I don't think that we need to be going around. <laughs> I don't I don't think we need to really be going around and rubbing people's faces in this. I think we should just enjoy Will Levis. Yes, because yes. he is the future of the Titans. I mean, we we are we have something that has. We hope, we hope, we hope, we hope. Yes, sure. But we have something that's kind of pulled everyone together and has given us optimism when we were in a dark tunnel. I mean, there was no light. We couldn't even see our hand if it was two inches in front of us. It It was was dark. Look, Kevin Byron changed everything in one start. We've got to be, we've got to be happy about this. There's no time to, to, I told you so other, other people in the fan base, everyone really like, you can't hide the fact that Will Levis just came in and looked like a superstar in his first start. Like, you can't hide that. There is no, oh, well, they still should have taken Hooker. They st- they should have traded up for Stroud. Be yeah. happy with the guy that you have. He looks like a dude who's going to, you know, put you in a position to make a playoff push this year, next year, whenever it is that he takes over. And that's another thing, by the way, Austin, as, as I dive into my rant here. Knowing what you have in Will Levis this season was so critical because of the money that you're about to spend this offseason. Yeah. Where do you yeah. allocate that type of money? Do you have a quarterback you want to build around? The answer right now appears to be yes. So how do the Titans spend $100 million in the offseason knowing that you have a quarterback? That's exciting to me because you're one step ahead. That's the most important position. Yeah. Excuse me while I cough. Yeah. Oh, geez. He's getting choked up here talking about Will you're, Lewis. Hey, look, I'm just as emotional yeah. as you are. The fact that the Titans could cough. potentially have a franchise quarterback. But you're one step ahead of where you thought you'd be. That helps you in next year's draft. That helps you in this this upcoming free agency class. And that helps, you know, I, I think that Will Levis could be an attractive person to wide receivers, 
T. Higgins, who if, may be if, looking if, to change <laughs> change spots this offseason. If if he can pan out, that's important to do so to get him as many years under his rookie contract as possible. Because as we see, you know, teams like the LA Chargers, they had to pay Justin Herbert this past offseason. And now they're going to be screwed going into this upcoming offseason with paying to paying for talent around him. Somehow the Chiefs have figured out a way to do that. But even still, the Chiefs are paying Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and they're throwing to guys like what was it? What's the one guy's name? Monty Rice or whatever that's on Rush, the uh, Rushy Rice and Rushy Rice. Tony. Yeah. And like, yeah, Kadarius Tony. They had to go, they had to go back to McCole Hardeman just to get at least somewhat a familiar wide receiver on the team. So uh, look, there's, it's, it's a good, it's a good situation. The Titans are in. I'm hoping it stays good. Okay. I think it's important to keep expectation expectations reasonable, especially going into a, a game where you only have a few days turnaround, a tough road environment against a very tough Steelers team. Let's keep expectations reasonable, but, Cautiously optimistic, I guess I should I should say. Let's let's I'm, keep. I'm that not even. Uh, sadly, mindset. I'm not even cautious. I'm not even cautious about my optimism. I am. I am okay. fully right. bought in. Yeah, it's just because we the Titans finally have a quarterback that you don't want to push in front of a train. All right, we need to get to Drew Bennett. <laughs> We're gonna get to our guy, but before we do, let's get a word from our friends at Bet MGM. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only rewards issued is not withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. With the Titans season seemingly spiraling out of control and uh, with all hoping lost, Derek Derek Henry. Trade rumors, uh, Kevin Byard being traded to and for start last week. We went ahead and booked uh, a guy that we knew would be able to bring sunshine into our lives. Uh, a guy who has been on this podcast many a times. And honestly, he's like, I'll say this. One of the few guests that we get that I actually get giddy uh, to see him on <laughs> the opposite end of the Zoom screen. Number 83 in your playbooks, but number one in your wives and girlfriends hearts, Mr. <laughs> Drew Bennett. Drew, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited to chat through all this stuff. Jack and I did not expect the Titans to go out and win on Sunday, uh, which is one of the reasons why we were going to turn to you because we were like, look, it, it's going to be doom and gloom after Sunday. We need some positivity in our life. And Drew, you bring that to us. However, Will Levis uh, came out and said, hey, guys, let's not count the Titans uh, out for dead just yet. Um, you got a chance to see some of the the highlights of the game. What as as a as a a quarterback turned wide receiver. Many people forget. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on uh, the Rook? 
Well, I mean, skill level is, again, you know, I didn't see a lot of his college football career being out on the West Coast, right? Skill-wise, everything is there. You know, and I'm, I know you guys have watched it extensively, but just, you know, some of the rolling to the right, that deep touchdown he threw to that back left corner. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's not a lot of NFL quarterbacks that on that move, on that step, can put a ball that far down the field, that kind of accurate. And, I mean, it's, it's funny because, you know, I've played long enough that we had – Guys come in and, and you know, fresh starts in the middle of the season when you were struggling. And something like that with a guy that, you know, puts a little pep into the locker room and gives people something to talk about and gets guys excited, especially when you can get your marquee guys. Like, one of the biggest things was getting D-Hop involved, right? That guy probably probably carries a lot of weight as far as the energy and confidence of the locker room. So not just to have this guy come in and kind of really open up a passing game that hasn't been all that present this season, but to get your star involved, he'll, you know, carry that into the locker room, be excited about the offense this week and all that stuff. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes these little stupid sparks are are great pieces of a season. How on a scale of one to Billy Volek, uh, how would you <laughs> rate this backup quarterback? Uh, I give, you know, so as a backup, I give him a nine. Because if you come in on your very first start and you haven't been getting the reps all season long and in training camp that the starter does, and you have, what, was he 19 of 29 or something like that? Yes. Yeah. No interceptions. Yeah. I mean, you did way more than was expected. So you won the game. Uh, you put up a lot of points. I, I think that a nine on a backup, you know, as a – compared to, you know, Billy V when he was balling was a 10, I give him a six and a half or a seven. But – with the arm skills and kind of, you know, I loved when he was moving around back there. There was no panic in the pocket. That's always important to see is when a guy starts to shuffle and starts to move. Is it pure panic like Tyler Murray? Or is it, hey, I'm keeping my eyes down the field and still trying to make a play out of this and no panic. And I, I kind of saw that, which which is a good sign for the Titans. Drew, you mentioned kind of having to, you know, a rookie quarterback coming, coming to take over in the middle of the season when things aren't going well. That happened to you guys in 2006 when VY took over for Kerry Collins after the team started 0-3. And VY's debut wasn't anything like Levis's. But prior to that decision, is there like a divide? Is the locker room talking a little bit about it? Because, you know, you can't hide from anything. Collins that season had started through one touchdown and six picks through his first three games. So is there is there some chatter in the locker room about maybe making a move? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's... You know, it's crummy because Kerry Collins was a great guy, but people were looking for exactly what I was talking about, that spark, that change, that like, hey, we got to do something different. We're stalling. We're, you know, the offense just isn't rolling. And it's some, it doesn't make any sense. There's no – if you put those guys out there before that, you know, game that Vince came in or before the game that Levis came in and you watch them throw, a guy like Tannehill or who, whomever would probably make more throws, would probably know the offense a little better, would pick up protections better, but – to have that new energy and kind of a new look. And, you know, that that stuff is important for guys in the locker room. You know, the season is so long. Every week is, well, obviously not this week, but Thursday, but every week is exactly the same. So when you fall into like a funk where you have lost three in a row, nothing's changing, right? You're doing the same time meetings, you're doing the same meetings, you're talking about the same stuff, you're watching the same film at the same time with the same guys. You need some sort of change and some sort of catalyst. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's great. Like, I think that, like I said, the locker room is going to be a much different vibe this week. Because the team looked like they had more energy. Just, I don't know if it was Levis, it was alumni weekend, the legends were in town. I don't know what it was, but this Titans team had an energy that I hadn't seen um, all season. And they came out and dominated in all three phases for the first time in just about a calendar year, uh, or excuse me, a full year. Um, but, you know, when you make that change, 
being a veteran wide receiver, having a rookie quarterback, how long does it take to settle in? Because I know the starters reps in practice help, but don't you have to do it on the do it on a game field a few times before it really starts to sink in? For sure. For sure. But I think, you know, I'll give some credit to the OC that gave him some early passes because that's, you know, the guys, it's not his first time playing football, right? He's well established in having, you know, having a long career, been in a lot of big games, played a lot of football. And once he gets that muscle memory and that repetition, it doesn't take a long, you know, there's going to be a few things, right? Most of those rookie quarterbacks, it's the third down with the, you know, complex blitzes or, you know, a coverage that they haven't seen where a guy drops down, you think it's going to be an open slant route, those types of things. If you can keep him out of having to try to guess, which the Titans did a good job of being in a good down and distance a lot of the game, you know, that always helps as well. But, you know, it's it's that muscle memory. And he's done this before. Yeah, not on this field, not with these players. But, you know, to throw a slant route in a tight window on third down, he's done that a thousand times. And so there's definitely some nuance, you know, into certain certain routes. Like if you have read routes where the receiver can go a couple different ways. You know, those types of things do take time and you kind of want to limit those amount of plays in games where it's his first one. But it's, uh, you know, it's nothing that he can't pick up real quick. And especially, you know, we've talked about it before when I've been on the podcast. Confidence is so important and so difficult to hold on to and so tough to get in the NFL. And I know that sounds crazy for professional athletes, but when a quarterback, you know, me personally, there were times when I was struggling, I had some drops or I was injured, whatever, and I'm lining up going, don't drop the ball. Right. And that sounds crazy. And then there's other times I'm lining up going, you better throw me the ball here. Like, I don't care what the coverage is. You better throw me the ball. And, you know, the same thing happens to the QB, right? He gets in there and he goes, oh, I know exactly where I'm going right here. I see this. And he gets that confidence rolling. And it's, it's, uh, you know, the catalyst for the team. So basically what you're telling us is uh, Will Levis on Sunday looked like a young uh, Drew Bennett at UCLA uh, under center. <laughs> I mean, right? I'm not sure he was that good, but. <laughs> <laughs> you threw four no, touchdowns really, in one season at UCLA. That's got to count for something. Look, touchdowns people one forget. Game, one <laughs> All right. Well, he moved up above me. I had one passing t- uh, touchdown for the Titans. So now there's another guy that's ahead of me on the list of people that have uh, thrown a touchdown for the Titans. So I'm a little bummed, uh, but. You know, I'm glad they got the win. <laughs> the uh, Drew, I um, I gotta ask uh, now the um, going into a short week. Obviously, like it's it's tough to, like you just said, like keep that confidence up. And uh, you know, it's easy. Well, I don't want to say it's easy. It's never easy to win in the NFL, but it's it's I guess easier to do so in front of your home crowd, do it, uh, you know, on alumni weekend with, you know, all the support of the entire franchise, uh, the weight behind you, but then in, uh, not only going on the road into a tough place like Pittsburgh, even, even despite their record, always tough to go in, uh, to play the Steelers, but then to do so on a short week, are, where should we set the bar as fans for Will Levis's performance on Thursday? Because I'm going to be honest with you. It is hard to not think he's the uh, he's the next Joe Burrow, maybe even Tom <laughs> Brady. People are asking. So where should we where should we like sit as fans going into Thursday night? Like what what should we? I I because like to not set the expectations too high, I guess. Yeah, you should hope for a seventeen to fourteen win, and he'll <laughs> okay. be seventeen of twenty six for one hundred and ninety six yards and one touchdown. There you go. That's it's gonna be. I, I'll, okay. All right. That's the expectation. Done. It's, it's I'm going to run this back next week when I get that. No, um, <laughs> you know, I tell you what, you know, it's interesting. I actually, you know, and we didn't have the Thursday night games, you know, when I was playing, so I'm not, I can't speak to it like, you know, perfectly, but right. I do know that when you'd play a Sunday night and then you'd 
uh, or play when you play a Monday night. And I know that like you're you're all everyone that plays a significant amount is conditioned to have if, if Vrabel really gives them this kind of the week off. Right. And like, you don't we're not going to hit. We're just going to really do this mental week, even though it's a short week. I think that a lot of guys actually recover and feel pretty good going into that Thursday game. So I think there's kind of a freshness where you don't have two big padded practices and then a full run through on Friday going into a Sunday game. It's like, listen, we're going to do maybe a couple periods just to, you know, stay loose during the week. But the rest of the four days or, you know, three and a half days, you're really going to rest. I actually think, you know, having had three days off for different periods of time when I was playing, like it's actually a great thing for your legs and your mental health and, you know, all of that stuff. So I always think that guys, as long as you protect your team during the week of practice, actually can be fine and be successful on a Thursday, on a quick turnaround on a Thursday night. Um, For QB, I mean, that's, you know, everyone's a professional and to go in, uh, it's kind of fun, right? You had, it's it's a really nice kind of bridge for him, right? You get the one under your belt at home and your stands, people cheering, and then you go in, you get to be the enemy. It's you against the world, tough place to play good you know whatever the stats are it's always a good defense at home Steelers are tough I think there's a little chip on your shoulder and you kind of feel like it's you against everyone and that usually bonds the team together pretty well so I I would expect good things out this week for DeAndre Hopkins who had no touchdowns coming into this game to now have three leaving the game with a new quarterback as as a man who scored three touchdowns in back-to-back games before what does that do for a receiver I, I mean is it is it kind of like a basketball player where you just need to see one go through and then you start hitting from everywhere or the snowball that turns into an avalanche? Like Vrabel said after the game that touchdowns come in clusters. So do you expect D-Hop to start, you know, seeing pay dirt more often now that Levis is back there? 100%. 100%. Just like I was talking about, it's not just confidence for the receiver in that I don't care where the DB is or what the coverage is, throw me the ball. It's also going to be Levis, right? Once you get in that routine a little bit, you know, a la Billy Volick almost 20 years ago now. So sad to say that. Um, <laughs> really thankful. Um, but, you know, like, really, like, I knew he was going to look for me. Like, he knew I was expecting the ball. And that becomes a powerful connection and a powerful thing. And, you know, he's obviously proven that he can make contested catches. So it's kind of a security blanket. You say, like, listen, it doesn't matter. If, if we have two slants on both sides, I don't care what the coverages are. I'm going here because and, – and, you know, there's no question it comes in clusters. And I don't – I. I would love to understand what's behind that, but you know that it's that confidence and that connection and all that stuff. I, I would expect him to have a nice little run here. So, what does a game like that though do? Because when you and Billy started catching fire towards the back end of that 2004 season, yeah. what does a game like that do for the relationship of those two guys? Like, because oh, because sure. Hop and Levis probably didn't get a lot of time in practice together since Levis was QB three in the you know in training camp, and D Hop was getting acclimated to Tannehill and, and with the ones. What does a game like that do just to kind of build a uh, not only a confidence but a comfortability between a rookie quarterback and a vet like D-Hop who haven't had a lot of time together, but, I mean, their first time out there playing together sure went well. It is so funny how quick that moves the bond, you know, in the locker room too, right? I'm just like you're saying, they probably didn't have a lot of communication. They probably didn't spend a lot of time chatting or even like sitting together in the cafeteria, whatever it is, right? But you have one game like that and just – that emotional connection on the field and the success and the happiness that came from that combination and that relationship bleeds straight into the locker room within the first day, right? So I guarantee there's a whole different feel when those two are together. They've found a lot more to talk about. They found a lot more in common. Like, 
you know, they have a lot to discuss and, you know, it's, it's pretty cool, right? There's relationships that are obviously built in the locker room just from friends. And then there's relationships that are, you know, forged and started on the field. And this is, I could totally picture this being an absolute one like that, where now they're thick as thieves and, and talking all the time and totally connected and it'll, you know, pay dividends for the rest of the season. If, if he remains the starter. Now it was a homecoming week this past week for the Titans, which is like a new tradition that I'm absolutely falling in love with. Cause I, I don't know how many other franchises do it. I'm sure there are others, but I just love the fact that, you know, Amy Adams Strunk has like done this like initiative to like kind of mend the uh, Houston Oilers world into the new now Tennessee Titans world. And, um, you know, it's cool to see, you know, guys like Warren Moon embrace it and, uh, you know, come out and Billy White Shoes Johnson uh, just it's like and and I think it's good for Titans fans, too, because it's like you get a sense of that tradition from the Oilers franchise before we ever even started following football in the middle of Tennessee or pro football, I should say. My question is, Drew, when are we getting you out there, dude? When when are we getting you cross country on a on a well for you, a <laughs> private jet? to uh <laughs> to nashville to get you to a homecoming uh homecoming week for the titans does amtrak come out there that's gonna be more of the uh yeah <laughs> uh, no actually i came out last i've been to a couple right over the years and i i do i will say so i don't know if this is true this is kind of what i've heard is that the actual the nfl now requires teams to do some sort of alumni outreach game for uh their teams like they actually make every team do it, but oh, it's great. Uh, but Amy, uh, uh, yeah, but Amy Adamstrunk was did it way before it was ever a requirement, and I thought that was very endearing. And I know that the first time I came out there, it was so well received by ex players. And what I loved was there were a lot of players there that only played one year. You know, there was not some cutoff saying, "Hey, you know, like if you you had yeah. to play three years for us to pay for your flight and pay for your hotel and include you know all this stuff." There were guys that played one year with me my rookie year, played one year here and there, and everyone was invited. Everyone felt, you know, excited to be there. And I thought I just I it goes a long way, you know, and I think it, it definitely makes it feel more of like a community and obviously with the city. But I, I got to say that it's a it's a very cool event. I I we had AJ Trapasso on the uh, former Titans punter who like was like, I don't even know if he made it off the practice like or out of a, played a game. training never camp. Played a game. Yeah, out of training <laughs> camp. And he gets invited to the alumni weekend every single weekend. Like that is like, he didn't even actually record time. He did score one of the greatest uh, fake punt touchdowns in Titans history uh, in the <laughs> hall of fame game. But like, I think that to me is like super cool how it's not just like, Oh, Hey, the drew Bennett's and the Warren moons of the world. It's no, if you had any time whatsoever with the Titans, you're going to get the invite. Especially the guys that go through training camp. Like, give him yeah. that, right? If you went through yeah. six weeks of training right, camp right. and got the hell kicked out of you and you never <laughs> even got a paycheck or anything, like, let him have the flight in the hotel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, I think that's so cool. <laughs> so, Drew, the Titans in the Oilers uniforms went a whole lot better this time than it did in New England. Um, but everybody's got an opinion when the Titans throw those things on, especially the crowd in Houston. And we've heard from Oilers legends like Warren Moon, who said he would die a Titan. And Billy White Shoes Johnson, who gets the mic at the home game and starts firing the crowd up. It just seems like all of those guys are so entrenched into Titans culture. You know, all of their names are hanging up on the top of the stadium in the Ring of Honor. What What's your take on the Titans wearing those uniforms? And do you think that Houston 
fans should have a gripe with that. Like everyone's so upset. JJ Watt made a big deal about it. But do you think that there's really anything there? Do you think the Titans are wrong for wearing those Oilers uniforms? Absolutely not. That's the franchise. That's the history of it. That's the people that built the team, the, you know, the front office, the players, the championships, all of that. No, that carry all of that gets to carry over with you. You know, if Houston, I, I think I've told you guys before, the only game that Bud Adams would ever come into the locker room before the game was in Houston. And he'd literally be like, listen, I know I never see any of you, but this is the game I care about winning. <laughs> so, no, I think that's all part of the history, right? It doesn't matter if they picked up and moved a little bit. I, I, it was all, like you said, the same coaching staffs that blended, you know, together and the same teams that blended together, the same, you know, runs to the playoffs from. And I think it's great. I thought, that, by the way, they looked great. I know oh, that yeah. a lot of people, but oh, I mean, they gosh, look pretty yeah. sweet. I think that would be a great, uh, you know, ad for every season. I've Wait, got an so, opinion where, you know, I don't think that Houston would be as mad if the jerseys didn't look this good. Like, if they weren't the best <laughs> uniforms, yeah. if they weren't the best uniforms in football, nobody would care that the Titans are wearing them. But because they look <laughs> so nice, of course, right. everyone's going to, you know, have an uprising about them. Yeah. And they won. That and they true. want, yeah, see, that's, that's what the thing to me that makes them different is the fact that, you know, look, these aren't the uniforms that the uh, Houston Oilers won because the Titans actually won in them. So, <laughs> right. Well, that's, I tell you what, it's way more important to players, the combo you wear and what happened last time. Right. Yeah. I mean, that really does guys care a lot about like, Hey, we wore white on white and we won, you know, we beat so-and-so like, why are we going blue on white? We should have stuck with white on white. There's a lot of conversation about that before, you know, during the week and, and pregame, like, that's a lot more important than you think. Okay. I'm glad to hear that because as a fan, I feel that way. Like, I'm like, yeah. no, we can't go. We can't go the, the, the baby blue pants on the Navy blue tops because we never win <laughs> in those uniforms. You know, it's like, you I, look like shit. That's yeah. I, mean. I mean, you look terrible. <laughs> no, you do. You look like shit. Were there people in the locker room that like, you know, you, you hear superstitions and everything that wouldn't wash their jerseys after a win that, was there anybody in, you know, on the teams that you were with that Ooh, yeah. would do some weird stuff like that just because of the, the uniforms they played well in? Huh. I don't know if anything like out, you know, stands out as far as really weird other than like everyone had their pregame pregame routine. And it was, which I'm sure you guys would talk to other players about it. And it was always the same, right? You would get stretched by the same person at the same time. You would do the exact same warm up on the field, you know, all of those things. You would get taped by the same person on the same table, and they all. Everyone had that standard, right? All that superstition and prep is always is always standard, right? So, but I'm trying to think. I'm sure there was the, some weird stuff. Who had the weirdest pregame routine? That's what I'm trying to think. I don't know of anybody. I mean, McNair's was pretty strange, just because the dude would sleep for three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? He would come. You know, he would come to the games at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, with the central kickoff and would throw with the equipment guy for an hour. And then he would sleep for literally three hours and get an IV in this dark room. And that was just standard. You'd walk by the door and be quiet because McNair was in there taking his pregame nap. You know, in 40 minutes for a kickoff, they'd go or kickoff, they'd go in there and wake him up and God come out and ball out. Like, that was a strange one. Um, yeah, nothing I could. I'm sure there were some strange ones. And. But, you know, nothing was, like the what, uh, baseball guy that what what was, was the your baseball pre- guy that would chew licorice and brush his teeth between innings, the pitcher. <laughs> I'm forgetting his name, but that I don't, is I don't absolutely remember out that, of this world. I, Drew, I want to know, what, what was your pregame routine? I was so basic. I was so boring. Yeah. yeah, I'd go out and do the same little, like, drills with our receivers coach, you know, get your eyes ready, you know, catch the ball, this and that, warm up a little bit. Then I'd get taped by the same 
person, stretched by the same person. Um, you know, our receiver group had a little pep talk with each other in the shower real quick. And then you go out and, you know, that was about it. Like there was nothing, nothing too fancy. So you know, there's, a, there's a, there's a player, Roger McCreary, who plays cornerback for the Titans, whose pregame meal every week, he has to have beans on toast with a lot of sugar on it, baked beans on toast with packets of sugar. That and is, it works for is, him. Yeah. That's a dangerous one. If you're going to go white on white. <laughs> Drew, would you uh would you rock headphones? Listen to anything? I I did, you know, like I I don't know what you're asking. No, I definitely know. So that's true. Actually, I had the same, and this is embarrassing to say now, but I had the same pregame playlist, and a lot of it was Blink 182. That was my band. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I would finish every pregame playlist with the song mutt by blink 182 and that was my you know it was timed up perfect right before we went out for the game that song would play i'd take them off put them back in my thing and go so I that song that. still you know holds a near and dear spot in my heart because that was that was the uh the last one before you went out to play oh and yeah. then i would drink my only caffeine of the week we used to have that spark energy drink that was allowed the advocare used to be kind of sponsored uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah and so I would drink a glass of the spark because I didn't do any caffeine during the week, but then I would take this huge hit of caffeine for the games and it was always a nice little pick me up. So would you just be wired? Oh yeah, it was great. You know, <laughs> although I tell you what, and this is, I don't know. I, I know other guys I've talked to about this, but it was so hard not to get hyped up with all the pregame flyovers and the crowd and the announcements, because I was one of the guys that if I had this huge adrenaline rush right before the game, in the middle of the first quarter, I would be yawning and exhausted <laughs> like, oh, in the huddle. You, you'd be Steve McNairing on the sidelines. Oh, my God. No, it was so real. So I, I figured out, like, early in my career that, like, don't let yourself get too hyped up because when I would just be so amped and running and cheering this and that, like, literally in the huddle, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is – I got to get back. I got to get back. So it was, uh, you know, it's, it was tough. And then after losses, you would chase it all with uh, Adam's song by Blink-182, right? <laughs> hey, excellent poll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drew, I, well, got one, I got one last question before, because uh, we are running short on time before we let you go. Um, you dealt with rib injuries in your career, correct? Yes. So Kenny Pickett, the Steelers quarterback, left this past week's game at halftime dealing with rib injuries. He's got four days to turn it around. What's the likelihood he plays, do you think? Well, he did He did say, he told reporters literally just minutes before we came on he, that he is playing on Thursday night. Like, So, okay, well, knowing that, how hard yeah. would it be to play four days after injuring your ribs? Very, very <laughs> hard. And now, what I'll tell you is that, you know, big surprise, they have some wonderful shots they can give you that makes it, you know, a little bit not so painful, <laughs> right? Oh, really? Is that? Yeah. Uh... Well, and like, so, luckily he's a QB, so he's used to the rib protection. When I When I broke my rib... They gave me this big plastic thing, right, to put around your – and mm -hmm. when you would put the ball on it and you never carried a football with that thing before, you felt like, you you know, you were never going to – you were going to fumble everything because it slid around all different. You couldn't tuck it under your arm. So for him, they always wear those. It's not going to be that big a deal, but it's just going to be a matter if somebody falls on them or this and that because when I had my rib injury, I got hit again, and I guess when you have the broken rib, all of that cartilage and muscle gets so tight that your ribs don't bend the same way they used to. So I got hit again and it broke the rib below the one that I had broken. And I was like, that's weird. That wasn't that big of a hit. And they said, yeah, but it's because your whole rib cage is so tight over there that it doesn't have the normal flexibility. So he is going to be very prone to 
messing a lot more stuff up on that side, which, you know, I wouldn't be, I mean, it's such a messed up sport, right? I bet you there's a lot of blitzes in the first quarter yeah. for the Titans early in that game. Like, hey, you can go ahead and hit a few passes, but we're going to want to get you on the ground pretty quick. When it, I've always been curious about this because uh, like in Varsity Blues, or not not Varsity Blues, I'm forgetting the movie that, that I'm trying to reference here. But so when they give you the shot, how long, does that last the full game? There's no way it lasts three hours, right? Yeah, it does. So most of the time, so, well, they have the portal shot that they used to give you that was like a general, you know, they give you that one in the tush and that would just, you know, if you had a tight hamstring or something, and, and everyone, re- it was interesting, everyone reacted different to it. I had some people that would take the Tordal shot when they had a soft tissue deal, and they'd come out and be like, dude, that did nothing. For me, it was a gold mine. I would warm up and be like, there is no way I can play today. Absolutely not. And you go in and you come out, you're like, let's go. <laughs> totally fine. And then they'll give you like the lidocaine shots in the actual injury when you have a rib injury just to numb it right there. And that lasts, I mean, there's no hiding it, right? So if you do take a shot on that rib, there's there's no shot that's going to hide it, but at least for moving around a little bit and stretching out, it doesn't pinch as much or does, you know, there's not that sharp pain that you get like in practice when you're trying to deal with it. Those shots were also part of Steve McNair's pregame routine, right? Oh yeah. I mean, that guy, he did everything. (laughs) So wouldn't, wouldn't practice all week and then just show up. I I think I told you guys before we like a Christmas time game, right? He wasn't even at the facility. Like we saw him Sunday the week before, and then I did not see him all week until Saturday night. We're sitting in the meeting before we played Pittsburgh, I think. And he's flipping through the playbook, like looking at what the formations and the plays are in that week. I go, Mac, we okay? He's like, buddy, it's all the same thing. It doesn't matter. And sure enough, he threw for like, you know, 270 and three touchdowns and we won. Like, man. That, that goes back to having that confidence as a quarterback, oh, right? He, exactly. And, you know, his same thing. He's like, I don't even know what they, you know, he's like, you can say cover one, whatever you want to say. I don't know who calls it what. I just know what it looks like. I'm like That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. All right, Drew, before we let you go, before we get out of here, I got to ask, uh, any uh, golf outings with uh, any Oakland A's or any other uh, famous uh, people in the Northern California area that you've gotten to chop it up with uh, on the links? Let's see. Uh Famous. I played with. Uh, do you guys watch The Boys on Netflix? <laughs> I, so no, I, I, I know it's very popular. I haven't. Yeah, watched I d- it literally just started it, but yeah. So I played. This is a guy that I, I know pretty well, but we I got to play with uh, Chase Crawford, who was like in the Gossip Girl, and then yeah, the, he's Aquaman or whatever. I don't watch it, but I can't believe the amount of attention he gets from people that like you know love that show and just a phenomenal dude. Not a very good golfer. But a phenomenal dude, and I really enjoyed that round. It was a fun, uh, fun time catching up with him. I went to college with his sister, uh, who is now married to Tony Romo. Uh, yeah. Oh. Candace Crawford. Yeah, she was. Well, that's how I met him. Actually, it was through Tony. That's really funny. So. Uh, <laughs> oh no! And there's the casual drop. Oh, just yeah. I was just I was out with the, <laughs> out with Tony. Wait, Tony Romo was golfing. That's weird. That doesn't sound like Kim at all. <laughs> just a little bit of a grinder. I mean, I can see how competitive he was. Well, like, so years ago when I was done and he was still playing, I went with the friend that I met him through in Dallas was very close with him. And that's how I met Chase and Tony, all these guys. And we went to the Dallas game. And I'm thinking like, oh, we're going to go out and party in Dallas. It's going to be awesome. We went back to Romo's house and he sat the entire group down, like his family and friends. And we watched every play of the game. And he sat there and explained like what he was thinking and the mistakes that he made. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what are we doing? Uh, what Can a I- nightmare. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had dinner with Tony? I've heard he oh, he's the, he is the most bland eater on the entire <laughs> in the entire world. No salt. <laughs> he, like, he likes hamburgers. Just yeah. Bun, hey, beef, Drew. Bun. 
So yeah, spill the I eating have, habits of Tony notice. Romo. What's that? I said spill the eating habits of Tony Romo. This is well, I was gonna one say, thing. To be honest with you, now I'm going to check it out. Because I have eaten with him before, and I didn't notice it. I didn't pay attention. But maybe he's like got really good at whispering about it. Like, no, no, no sauce. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a peek. Keep an eye on it. That's what I heard. I forgot who said it. That's on my homework TV. for you guys. My homework yes, for you yeah. guys. Next time we get you on, we're checking in on Tony Romo's eating habits. <laughs> Look, you never know where you're gonna end up on this podcast. You, you come in like, yeah, we'll talk Titans. We'll, you know, we'll give like legitimate answers on Will Levis and stuff. And by the end of it, we're talking about does Tony Romo put a one sauce on his steak? <laughs> I've, got, I've got homework. I got it. <laughs> Drew, you're the man, dude. Honestly, it is. I, I, we, we, we miss you. It's been too long since we've had you on. So thank you for taking the time to join us. And uh, yeah, thank you. You're just, you, we love you so much. Well, we love you guys too, man. This is fun. I appreciate you having me on. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Special thank you to Drew Bennett. Uh, now today is the NFL trade deadline and we are currently, um, we are, about 42 minutes away from the deadline. And I'm hoping those 42 minutes are as quiet as they've been all day, uh, at least for the Titans, because I do not want the Titans to sell. I believe in this franchise again after Sunday, and I think they can make a run now. However, if they do sell, this would be the time that Jack and I come back in and edit in our reaction to the selling, because we'll <laughs> probably finish this recording before the deadline's over. So Okay, if we did not just react just now, if we did not edit in our reactions, then that means the Titans did not make a move and we can look ahead to Steelers week. Can I say something about the NFL trade deadline? It's the most boring tr trade deadline in sports? Yes, because it's not later in the season. The NHL trade deadline is by far, well, maybe the NBA too, but oh, that's I, I... also really exciting trade deadlines. Those happen after the All-Star break. And yeah. then the NHL it happens with like 20 games left in the season. Right. Move the NFL trade deadline to week 12. You'd have more teams that know that they're selling, more yep. teams that know that they want to yes. buy, and yes. a much I love more entertaining take. trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, that's even, how you like, fix even, it. baseball moved their trade deadline to two months out, uh, the beginning of August. And that, uh, to me, baseball has the best trade deadline because they are, you know, who's selling, who's, who's buying and they, they do it right and they do it well, but you're right. The NBA also has a great one. The NHL has a great one. Just move it back. Just move it back. Okay. It'd but be don't so much any... more fun. Oh my yeah. gosh. Don't move it... any Titans. It is always the least. All right. So, uh, we've got about three minutes here. The Steelers week. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared to quote Jesse <laughs> Spanos of saved by the bell fame. Um, Jack, how are you feeling going into uh, this Thursday night game? Oh, I'm in a bad place, Austin, because I'm feeling way too good about this game. <laughs> way too freaking good. Look, I, we were talking Look, before we recorded. This I is the difference between even week and odd week Titans, by the way, to keep in mind that the Titans have kept up with that front because the, this past week was an even week and the Titans played very well. We're due for an odd week letdown. By the way, Vrabel after buys, now 6-0. and Very impressive. Um, we were talking about this before we started recording. I would rather have an injured Kenny Pickett than a fully healthy Mitch Trubisky. I think that the Steelers' offense yeah. cannot run the football with Najee Harris or Jalen Warren. I think that you're going to have to beat the Titans 
by throwing it because obviously the Titans' biggest weakness is in their secondary. And I'm not so sure a guy with a rib injury is going to be able to do that. So I expect the Titans' defense to hold the Steelers to maybe 10, 14 points. And Will Levis will have another opportunity to go win a football game on Thursday. I love this spot for the Titans. I'm I'm way too optimistic about this. I'm nervous. I yeah, I kind of uh feel the same way. I do feel more confident though, uh knowing uh after what we saw on Sunday. So, I did not think I would be saying that here on Tuesday, but uh here we are. Um let's remember it's on Amazon Prime. So, uh just make sure to uh figure out where to Oh, I do want to say this. Will Levis's performance single-handedly got me to open up my pocketbook on Sunday. Okay. You bought a Levis jersey? No, I did not buy a Levis jersey. I, I did something even more expensive. Uh, Subscribe to Amazon Prime. No. Well, I already was a Prime subscriber. I What I did was I... So for the last few years, I when uh, Sunday Ticket was on DirecTV, I had some uh, a buddy of mine hooked me up with some weird link that they would send you a username and password, and all you had to do was pay ten bucks, and you got Sunday Ticket. I'd been paying ten bucks. Once it moved to YouTube TV this year, I had to ante up. I obviously it's way more expensive. It's like four hundred dollars for YouTube TV Sunday Ticket. So that link went away. I so my buddy found this new like weird sketchy link that like got you all the games and you only had to pay 50 bucks. And so I did that and it, it, it crapped out on me every single week. Jack, I missed Will Levis's first career touchdown pass. In fact, no. I missed most of the first quarter on Sunday. So I finally, I said, you know what? I'm anting up, I'm ponying up and I paid for Sunday ticket at $350. <laughs> So I was just sick and tired of my old feed, uh, like cutting in and out. So I, I just, I ponied up and I said, you know what? Screw it. I think, I think the, the cost is worth the headaches and the missing out on times games. Cause that's not the first game that I've had to like miss like the first few quarters because, uh, the connection was like buffering or, or like could not load or it would log me out and all this crap. So finally I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I got it. And I have Will Levis to thank for that because I, you know, I don't want to miss a snap anymore. And I am going to look, I, I think only a guy like Billy jeans could get me to pay up. All right. What are the odds that that Billy jeans nickname actually sticks? I feel like, I I feel like fans in general and Titans fans, this is actually you know, kind of relevant to this group as well. I think fans try and force nicknames on players before, you know, they've really, like, I feel like nicknames have to happen naturally. I Yeah. Like the, yeah, the no, Mayo situation, that. that happened naturally. So you kind of, you know, whatever, the Mayo man, whatever you want to call it. I like all the Mayo nicknames. I think Billy Jeans is a cool nickname. I'm I'm just worried about its staying power. Is, is I, that a fair concern? No, no, no. I, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I, I think, and I, because I don't think it's not easy once you understand why that nickname comes from, like, or where it comes from, that's then the thing. I think it nicknames and, and that it, require thought even yes, tougher to stick. It that I and I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, because I, to me, I think it's the most creative nickname that I've seen. Because you can do a lot with mayo and you know the 
all the different mayonnaise yeah. nicknames like you can do. And those are those. I'm not going to say they're low hanging fruit because um, I don't think mayonnaise is a fruit. I don't even think it's in the uh, the food pyramid, to be honest with you. Uh, apparently, it's made of just lard um, like cow I don't know. But I, or something. I, I, like my FBI guy is on my ass because I got a targeted email from somebody with Heilman's who was recommending a mayo mocha to me last week. This was Thursday before the game. Maybe they knew what was coming. Ooh, ooh, wow. Yeah, maybe. Maybe look, Hellman's look, are you saying Big Mayo is behind Will Levis's performance on Sunday? Big Big Mayo's got my information. I love this conspiracy theory. Uh, and if Levis comes out and plays like that again, I may just have to try. Are we do I smell a bad? Nope, 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 nope. Come this on. Is not a bet. This is not Come a bet. on, dude. This is not a bet. Don't take advantage of me here. Awesome. Look, it, let's, let's get the show this. back on the road. The trade let's deadline this. this year. If Will Levis throws for three touchdowns against the Steelers. Dude, I'm not going to drink mayonnaise. Why? Everyone else has. Yeah, the cool kids are doing it. Freaking El- Eldon English, our Tupper of the Year. That's how he won Tupper of the Year, by putting the mayonnaise in his margarita. Look, man, I'm transparent with you. I tell you about the emails wow, I received. I guess, yeah, I guess it, on it me. just goes to show you how far you go for this podcast and for this uh, for the Titans <laughs> to be good. I guess I we see it now. If he doesn't throw, right, right, how about this? We have you to this? blame. You know, on there's there's a podcast part of my take that does a does a pinky bet because it's so unreasonable that if it happens, Big Cat says he will cut off his pinky if if, if blank team wins the Super Bowl. It's usually a team that's not in contention. Yeah. If Will Levis throws five touchdown passes against the Steelers, I will consume mayonnaise in liquid form. Let's just say, all right, let's, let's, is that not fair? Let's split the difference here. Let's go four touchdowns. If he racks up four scores and seven years ago, just like he did on Sunday, if he matches his, his touchdown output that he did in his debut, which is very hard, it's extremely hard to do so on the road. Against a tough Steelers defense, if he gets four yeah. touchdowns, you're just making me root against Levis's success. No, and I don't want no. to have to do that. You should be rooting for it, just like me. I was, I wanted to eat crow. I was rooting to eat crow. I was rooting to be wrong. Yeah, but you didn't Root- eat crow. I'm talking about having. I to will. Eat All right. How about this? How about this? How about this? Okay. Uh, now I'm li- if, now I'm interested. If he throws for four touchdowns, you. Drink mayonnaise in some liquid coffee. I'll, I'll even let that be your choice. I'll do the mocha, the mayo mocha. Uh, I'm at the, I'm sure Jack, you're young enough. You're probably still drinking brass milk. If you want to mix it in that, that's fine. Jesus Christ. Where are you going to get crow from? I'll find, look, I got a guy. I got a guy. I got a guy. All right. I'll that. find some crow and we'll eat it at the same time. We'll cheers on the podcast. Okay. If you eat crow, then I will do the mayo mocha, but only if Levis throws for four touchdowns again. Only if he throws for four touchdowns. Okay. It's a bet. All right. Deal. God, we're it's, idiots. You know how, how unlikely that is to happen. I don't, I, I don't think you realize how unlikely that I is. I know, to but why can't we just cheer for Levis without any severe consequences to our bodies? That's the like, sickos. If, in if, if Will Levis. Put up four touchdowns in his second start. I think he'd be in the top 10 of touchdown passes this season. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, like, I think that he could actually do it. But I see, okay, that's where tell. the that's where we need to temp, temper those expectations. I think we need to, I need to, we need to come back down to earth a little bit. Okay. I don't want to be it. the adult in the room. I hate being the adult in the room. He's the right? one who set the bar so high. I have two kids. I have to be the adult in the room with them. Let me, let me. 
be don't make me be the adult in the room here, but let's temper our expectations. I think okay? you're I think your wife is the adult in the room. Don't give yourself too much credit here. Okay. I'm the I'm the I'm the adolescent the second, in the room. You're the second adult in the room. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, glad we got right. on the same page. We need to get out of here. Trade uh, deadline, real quick before we go. Josh Dobbs finds a new home in oh, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, former Titan. Great. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to watch. He's not getting the start on Sunday. So I like that have... he goes to teams that I can like root for him. Like the Cardinals, yeah, the Vikings, I can root for him in those games. But if he went to like Cleveland or something, no, screw him. Yeah, I, no, I'm with you. I think that's a great point. Um, trade deadline's been pretty quiet. Chase Young, Montez Sweat get moved. Um, the Browns trade Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions. Other than that. The Jaguars really... got a guard. The Jaguars got a guard from um, somewhere. I don't know. That, it doesn't I, feel that's like a lot of help. It doesn't feel like any teams in the AFC really got a whole lot better which is nice for the Titans who might have just broken through their ceiling and realized that they have a lot more room to grow than we initially thought. It would be great to know that the Titans got the best return on trade deadline week without trading anyone. Literally, as I say this, Razul Douglas to the Bills from the Packers. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that, that'll right, probably... Maybe we're jinxing it. There is still 30 minutes left in the trade deadline. <laughs> things are heating up so fast. I hope we don't have to re-record. Right. And it could be like one of those things where it's like uh, when, when Manny Ramirez was traded to the Dodgers, that happened like eight minutes after the trade deadline, but it was somehow oh, yeah. still approved. Like, you know, like that, it could still be one of those things. So maybe we should give it till 4 p.m. All right. Uh, we need to get out of here. Follow the show at Tighten Up Pod, at Tighten Up Podcast uh, on Instagram, at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for all that you, you do, giving us uh, so titles and everything. We love that. Like, we are, we're building a really cool community here within this damn podcast. And we appreciate you guys so much for listening every week and for commenting every week and for replying with your recaps of our sods and for replying with like your thoughts on our thoughts from the sod. We love that. That's what we want. Whether you, even if you completely disagree with us and hate us, uh, hate our guts, if you're hate listening to us, honestly, thank you. I appreciate that. I hate you too. And I appreciate, <laughs> but I appreciate you listening. How about that? Uh, no, I don't hate you. I love you. Even if you hate me. Um, and if you're hate listening to, because you hate Jack and uh, you're Ryan Tannehill's mom and you don't like the fact that he wants to push your son in front of a train. I get that. I, I get it too. Um, uh, also, uh, Joshua, uh, uh, is it, I, I believe it's to me, um, who is a tupper of this podcast. Um, he, he sent me a picture of him meeting Buck outside of the stadium on uh he, first of all he sent me a photo of stadium in which i really do appreciate that means the, the like the truest tuppers remember our stadium in reviews episode and uh he also then sent me a photo of him meeting buck outside the stadium i told him hey give buck tell buck you give him 0.5 stars and you give the tighten up idiots <laughs> four and a half stars. Leave us a rating and review. I uh, appreciate that. Jack, before we get out of here, oh, follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry. You can follow myself on Twitter at Austin Huff. Jack, you got anything for the road? If for one second you listeners thought we were going to get out of here without mentioning Ryan Stonehouse, boy, were you wrong. Six punts inside the 23, Hang inside on, light, the 10. Light them up. Light them up. Fire them up. Spark them up. 53 <sighs> yards a punt. Ryan Stonehouse balled out on Sunday, and nobody in this town will talk about it except for us. Yeah, the game started at noon, but for Ryan Stonehouse, it started at 420. My man was getting <laughs> high with those punts, and it was awesome. 
It was great. Uh, freaking love it. Stonehouse. We love you, dude. Uh, you know, Stonehouse's little brother was a, the punter at Mizzou last season. Um, I know. I actually I, was I, watching a game on Saturday. He got hurt in the game. I was watching. I, I loved that. But then, yeah, but then he transferred away from Mizzou. Uh, and now Mizzou is uh seven and one heading into Athens. Uh, okay. So we're going to, that's our college football talk as well. Uh, wrapping it up. Um, I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to mention this week, but I can't remember. Oh, well, uh, all right. I'll remember it afterwards and then be like, and then curse myself for not bringing it up. Um, Oh, terrible towel. Jaguars, Jaguars curse the terrible towel. Did you see that? Did they stomp on it? They didn't stomp on it, but they, they stole one from a fan and started waving around after a, a defensive ooh, touchdown. Ooh, that Obviously they, just, they destroyed the Steelers, but you know, that's how it happens. That's I, a I, bad idea. I blogged about it at Cork Bats all of the times that the terrible towel has gotten the last laugh. And the Titans are probably one of the most formidable ones of those because not only did they lose their their first playoff game that season, they went on to lose the next six games of the next season. Mm-hmm. So you put your guns down when you go to battle with a terrible towel. Look, there is one thing in all of sports. I love petty celebrations. I love it. The fake tomahawk chops, you know, the uh, uh I don't uh, love that. I mean, like mocking. Oh, yeah, because you're a Braves fan. I, I meant for like Florida State and the Chiefs and stuff, but okay, uh, but I guess also for the Braves. Uh, the Phillies did a great fake tomahawk. Yeah, we left. it's all right. They got what they, all I'm they, saying is like got what was coming. I love that kind of stuff. I love petty, petty cheers. The freaking uh the the one thing I will not go ever be petty with, that is the terrible towel. All right. You don't have to like the terrible towel, but you sure as hell need to respect it. Okay. Do not mess with the terrible towel. I'm it's warning like, you that it's like seeing a hay truck when you're in the car, you know, you look at it, make your wish. You never look at it again. Yeah. Do not, yeah. do not tempt fate with that damn towel guys, guys hear us out. All right. Look, your homework this week, open the door for a Steelers fan. Oh, and you know what? Honestly, while we're at it, open the door for another Titans fan. I think we need more of that within our mm-hmm. fan base. Okay. Great call. Open the door for another, uh, uh, Titans fan, open the door for a Steelers fan and just do not disrespect the terrible towel. That's your homework for the week. It's okay? terrible towel respect week. And uh, last thing I will say too is um, I, oh no, I can't now. It was just in my head and, and it bounced out. I forgot what I was going to say. All right. Uh, follow A to Z sports on all of the socials, A to Z sports, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok for all of your Tennessee Titans and just all Tennessee sports things related. Um, damn it. What was I going to say? Uh, this pisses me off now. Gosh, I just get to, I get to talking. What were you saying? What were you saying about uh, uh, terrible towel respect week? You said something about a hay truck. Was that? Oh yeah, you look at a hay truck, you make your wish, and you don't look back, or else your wish won't come true. You ever played by those rules? No, I don't. I don't. I have no idea what you're. Even Never heard that to. before, have you? That, that feels like something that came from like Drake and Josh on Disney Channel or something. No, I, that's what my mom always told me. So I would make We're, wishes at hay trucks. It would just or, or, come no, or Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. I bet you grew up on those shows, didn't you? Oh yeah, without a doubt, I grew up on Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. But yeah. that's not where I got the hay truck thing from. That's because you're like six years old. Um, All right, okay. is this just an um, insult, Jack? Time at the end of the podcast. What the hell is this? My, my daughter, my daughter was born, uh, on Friday and I am a new parent of, of two. And we, I was not able to get her to be named Derricka Henry. However, my wife did say, if we have a third, I can name her. I get full naming rights. Now it's, it's getting close to time. So I'm sure you're going to make a push. 
mean, look, hey, who knows? Maybe I'll literally maybe, and uh, figuratively. Uh, maybe I'll name her Wilma Levis. Who knows? Who Ooh, knows? I like it. A little old school name. Maybe, maybe. You know, look, if I get full naming rights, that's uh, Michaela hey, what, Rabel. What? <laughs> what I was gonna say was something about the, my my daughter being born, but I can't remember it. So anyway, we'll just leave. We got to get out of here. We've been we went way too long. Uh, all right, we love you guys. Thank you guys so much. Rate, review, subscribe, and until next week. And by next week, I mean like literally tomorrow. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way.